Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to Chicks Talking Footy. I'm Fee, your host for the show, and joining me is Sasha. Welcome to Chicks Talking Footy, Sasha. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Fee. Good to see you. Good to hear you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been too yeah. long between footy discussions. I know. I know. Um, how's your, what, what we ask every show is, how's your footy week been? Look, it was jam-packed. I think, I mean, I watched every game which wasn't difficult when that was, you know, A, we're in lockdown, <laughs> B, it's final, so it's exciting. But That's um, all we've got to do. Pretty much. They're, but I'll have to say up until probably the last game, they were all really, really close and exciting to watch. So it was quite easy to sit there and I got lucky. My partner made homemade sausage rolls on the Saturday for the Giants Swans, so that was <laughs> good. So a pretty good footy week all in all. I mean, considering my team's been out for a long, long time, um, I think I've got a bit of a soft spot for the other um, endorsement of GWS there. So, <laughs> but also the demons. I, I love Max Gorn. So, yeah, it's um, I, I really enjoyed the footy finals. I was um, the last round of footy kind of got me got me all revved up for the finals. Yeah. And the first, as you said, the first couple of games certainly didn't disappoint. But look, homemade sausage rolls seems to be a bit of a Bit of a theme for oh really the footy. yeah everyone loves a homemade sausage roll or homemade pie yeah so, pastry all the way I say wonderful well we're going to discuss all the latest footy news because as usual it's been pretty exciting off the field this week and of course we're going to review those games all the games that we just watched uh, for the first round of footy finals and gosh it was uh, heartbreaking weekend for some teams and exhilarating for others and we caught up with super cat super fan dave beckett uh and he was getting well he's licking his wounds from last weekend <laughs> but uh looking ahead to the game the second chance with, with gws that's <laughs> right for the second chance lucky they finished top four but of course the big news of uh the week is that toby green my goodness, mm. what a brain fade he had. He was playing brilliantly against Sydney. He on, was, yeah. On the weekend, but um, made contact with an umpire at half time. And I, I don't know what he was thinking, but it's. Yeah. It, he's, um, it's just been announced that he's been wiped out for three weeks. And which means, of course, he misses the next two finals if they make it through. And the grand final or the first yeah, round or two. Absolutely. Poor decision, terrible timing. He'd had a pretty good run of not doing anything stupid for a little while there. Um, but, yeah, not surprising that 
the guilty verdict, as they call it, uh, came yeah, through. It's um, it's funny. I was reading in Yahoo Sport today uh, what he actually said to the umpire because they could hear the umpire's mic. Right. Was he took an effing dive, and that was regarding a play, you know, a play earlier in the quarter. Right. And that was before he appeared to bump into the, the umpire's shoulder as he walked past. The thing I found interesting, though, was Mark Stevick, the umpire, told the tra- tribunal that there was an element of being disrespectful, but he had not felt that Green's actions were to intimidate him mm. and and nor did he feel threatened. So I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, if the umpire says he didn't feel uncomfortable, he didn't feel threatened. Yeah. Um, but it certainly didn't seem to make a difference in, um, you know, in the decision that was made for how many weeks. I, I was surprised he got three weeks. I was yeah, sorry. Two. Was it six, and then they brought it down to three? That was the only... AFL wanted six. Yeah, and that's they, right. They were going yeah. To six. <laughs> so, I and mean, they just wanted to pay a giant sum of money instead, which didn't happen. Yeah, and um, you know, if the umpire says he felt the contact was minor and didn't feel threatened, uh, I don't know. I think we've got to take that into account. That's probably an unpopular yeah. decision, but or opinion. But um, but there you go, Toby, mate. How many oh, how many times do you have let to your team down, Toby? Yeah, and really let the team let the team down because I, I can't see GWS being as effective without him. I mean, he's no. It'll definitely play a, a bit of a part in the next game for sure, I think. That's right. And, look, the other massive news that got dropped, probably not surprisingly but still disappointingly, was the AFL Grand Final is officially moving to WA. Yeah. And I think that, you know the Victorian government held off and held off just hoping that cases would get to a point where we could safely, you know, have crowds at the MCG. But, uh, and look, for me personally, I kind of, last year when I was sitting on the couch by myself watching a grand final for the first time in my life, mm. I um, I thought at least, you know, it's one year. Exactly, we'll yes. We'll the next year. And here we are. In exactly I know. It's just heartbreaking. I don't think any of us thought that we would be here again in the same time, different year. It's it's sad and frustrating, but yeah, I can see why they've done it. But it's great to, and I've noticed watching the finals. It's really great to watch with crowds. It makes a huge difference, even on television. So yeah, it does. I mean, but yeah, disappointing, and final, you couldn't watch the grand final without crowds. No, no, and it wouldn't be fair to the players either. I don't think. But I'm just hoping that. Uh, and look, for anyone listening in WA, in, I hope you enjoy every minute because it's a once yeah. in a lifetime opportunity for WA fans but um, I just hope for us here in Victoria that we can you know and even in New South Wales if that's the case but you know if GWS does make it through but that we can just somehow catch up with friends like even just to have a glass of champagne in the morning or I know you know just even something outside like can we please do something because sitting at home doing nothing it would and be the worst thing was last year, it wasn't until night time that the grand final was played. All right, the night game, Sitch. Oh, <laughs> and it, um, you know, it was really painful just waiting all day. Yeah, it didn't game. feel right. Didn't feel, it didn't have the build-up that it usually would. Even if you were on your couch, I feel like having it in the afternoon again, much better. 
Yes, exactly. So a couple of other things happened with coaches this week. Uh, of course, David Teague from Carlton got sacked. And uh, I have to say, it's probably one of the most unsanctimonious sackings of a club I've witnessed in a long time. Yeah, really awful to, to see unfold throughout the like last couple of weeks, to be honest, I felt for him. Well, it kind of felt like they were recruiting for his position while they hadn't officially let him go. And I don't know. I, I felt like he wasn't given a chance. He was He was kind no, of... No, just... I agree. I think, you know, also you add in the COVID sort of situation as well as trying to coach a team such as Colton, which has had some pretty rough, you know, luck in the last however many years. And the guy didn't really get a chance to get his team up and running, in my opinion, but... Yeah. Anyway, I don't think it bode well. I don't think it bodes well for the club. Like they've got a reputation no. of not treating coaches well and players well now. It's it's not going to go well for them. But uh, on the flip side, um, the yin and the yang in the footy world, Collingwood <laughs> have um, recruited triple premiership player from the Brisbane Lions, Craig McRae. He's uh, he's confirmed yeah. as being the next Collingwood coach that will yep. go forward into 2022. Yeah, good on him. I mean, it's sort of nice that it's sort of outside of that Collingwood family, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see how he tackles it. And tackles hope, it. Hey, no pun intended, but thank Excuse you. Excuse the thank drop you. pun. <laughs> hey. hey. But uh, no, it'll be good. Um, he's had a bit to do with, obviously, Richmond's VFL side, um, taking them to premierships and things. And I think it'll be refreshing for them, hopefully. Absolutely. And, of course... Uh, we've had another brush with uh, racism rearing its ugly head. Oh, it's, yeah. Anthony Anthony Tipimutu had um, taken to social media and um, this is what he, he posted. He said, as a society, we should never define anyone by the colour of their skin, religion, race, culture or ability. In Australia, we are one people and and a diverse community, and that should be galvanising together instead of ripping each other apart. My family and I, like many others, are separated by distance and COVID restrictions, which has made this year very difficult for all. We all feel so isolated, and we should be using our words to unite to unite us in the face of adversity. Um, I thought they were beautiful words, but. Um, just so sad. Some of these players, particularly with the time that we're going through, are still it experiencing is, yeah. online I think, trolling. Good, yeah, like wonderfully put. Um, it's such a shame that it has to be said again and again. And these players are targeted. You know, whether they're winning, losing, it shouldn't be an issue. They're they're sports people. This is their job, and. I just racism just isn't okay. And you know, Eddie said it the week before, and. Adam Goods has said it. I mean, how many times do we need to to hear it? And it's, you know, hopefully with 2022 season, we can actually get past it and actually make the most of, yeah, uniting. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think we've just got to keep calling it out until until it's... Oh, 100%. Until it's gone or until we until it's faded right off into the distance. But, uh, Sasha, tell us what's happening with the, the VFLW Grand Final. It's been so long. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at this stage. There's not really much to report. We're still sort of waiting in limbo. Um, I feel for these uh, teams who are sort of 
well, gosh, it's been months almost that they've been waiting to play a grand final. It's one game. Um, again, yeah, no no end date on when that will be. I'm hoping what type is before the AFLW start, hey? Just give them something to, to pre-season with. Yeah, it's it, it's almost like not a fair grand final now anyway because no. they've they've lost momentum and lost form. So anyway, yep. it's um hopefully they come up with a way to play it out though and have a premiere for the year. But a bit of fun. Uh, the SN, SEN released a free kick ladder. They did, um, which I thought it was quite amusing because I I mean you go through your games, you watch, and you think, oh god, my team they didn't. You know, they didn't win the game because of all these free kicks, but um, SEN have been kind enough to put together a ladder. So I'll just read out the top stats for you, if you like. Um, so freeze four, the highest number that I can see on here were, sorry, bear with me, my eyes are not that great these days. Um, Port Adelaide, 465 freeze four. For, and hang on, 465 freeze for them. Oh, four. Yeah, right. So yeah. they're the top of the ladder? Uh, no. Number one, Western Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs got the most freeze. And then if you pop all the way down the bottom, Richmond on the bottom, which was interesting, I thought. Yeah. Well, um, well the Richmond fans freeze... have been complaining about not getting <laughs> enough freeze, so you, you've, you've been vindicated, Richmond. The uh, team with the most frees against them was Brisbane, 471. Wow. Which is interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have liked that. There, there was a year that everyone was saying free kick Hawthorne, as in we got all the free <laughs> kicks. I think this ladder would have been quite handy to yeah. run back to the data and go, no, no, it was actually this team that got the most free kicks. I love data. It's um, it's great. So you guys, Hawthorne, sat in the middle this this time around. So you were at the position number nine out of 18. Well, sometimes so. sometimes um, freeze against, a, you know, freeze that you get are earned because you're putting on so much pressure. Um, but sometimes it's a lack of discipline from the other t- other side as well. So yeah, very true. But who knows, um, who knows what the data means? Yeah, I mean, and how they work it out. I mean, that's what I love about Gemma from Siren. She can do data. And uh, Gemma, from know, Gemma, Gemma Bastiani. We have had her on our show, but she is the look out for that name. She's the stat girl. She is. Yeah. So. With uh, people like Jem, we get to find out all these uh, little cool facts by the end of a season. So there you go. There's a couple of stats. And, yeah, like we said, you can see it on SEN if you really want to go in-depth about it. Wonderful. Well, in a moment, we're going to come back and have a look at the prelim, uh, well, the finals that we just experienced last weekend and uh, who's in, who's out, and all the highs and lows of those games. You're listening to Chicks Talking Footy on Joy 94.9. Welcome to Chicks Talking Footy. I'm Fee, and with me this evening is the lovely Sasha. Hello. And uh, did you enjoy these games over the weekend, Sasha? I did. I was um, quite invested in a few of them. I um, didn't leave the couch and I didn't turn it off at halftime thinking that it was going to end one way and wake up thinking, oh, my God, I wish I'd watched it. So 
Yeah, it was it was like that. Sometimes with games, I just assume, you can sort of see which direction yeah. of games. Not that you can ever completely be sure. But, um, but, uh, but Port Adelaide and Geelong, wow, what a um, what an annihilation that was. I was yeah. I, the whole game. I was expecting Geelong to kind of turn their fortunes around. So was I. Yes. And so I kept watching, kind of thinking, when's Geelong coming back from this? And then in the final quarter, I realised that is not going to happen. <laughs> no, the, um, poor Power just played so well. Um, yes. So uh, Power, it was a 43-point win over Geelong, 86, exactly double their score, 86 to 43. But um, the lowest score that Geelong made all season. And in the final. Yeah, and it's the fourth time that 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 little fun fact has been true. Is you know Geelong losing with their lowest score in the first game of finals. So uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, but there's definitely a bit of a curse curse happening. So Port will obviously go through straight to the preliminary final, and uh, they basically just dominated Geelong right around the ball, relentless pressure, stood up at big moments and, and looked like a very experienced finals team. They did. They, um, yeah, they were confident. And um, I, I just, my biggest shout out for that game is Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Oh, he was a wall in defence. He really could was. Not, could not, he didn't miss a mark. He, he was able to dispose of everything. He just, people, the, you know, Geelong just could not get past him. He just. No, he was incredible. And it was right from the from the first quarter, every time the ball, you know, they tried to get it to Hawkins, who, you know, it was his 300th game, but it wasn't a very memorable one <laughs> for him. Because, um, yeah, the Port Adelaide defence in general just shut shut down those big forwards. Um but yeah, slick, slick game, and I mean, being at a you know your home ground in Adelaide as well, they're such um, fiery fans. The uh, Port Adelaide crew, uh, they really are. And when they sing, um, never going to you know, what is it? Yeah, tear us apart. I, I actually got emotional seeing crowds. It was you just do, like, yeah. Oh my goodness! After watching quite a few games, but I was thinking you, you lucky, lucky buggers. I know. Um, it was like that last year. I was like, we're in you know hard lockdown watching games <laughs> at Adelaide or the Gabba where you've got you know 30, 40,000 yeah. people all in each other's faces, just going, Wow, what a parallel universe you live in. But um, yeah, look, I mean the cats will get another go at it. As uh, Dave has predicted, they might win. That's um, true. but we'll have to wait and see. That's right. But of course, the um Absolute nail biter of the round was the Swans and the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I just could not believe this game. I mean, GWS were ahead, at, you know, right up till three quarter time. Um, Toby Green, of course, until he bumped the umpire. <laughs> uh, he had three goals in the first half. He was just. Yeah, absolutely amazing on ground. Was, most yeah. dominant, most dominant player. But uh, Swans kicked. I think it was two goals, one goal seven. Was it two goals? Were, no, it was two goals seven in the final. Very quarter. inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they. I think they hit the post three times or something ridiculous in that in that quarter. And Buddy was lining up. I mean, he's he's getting so close to his one thousand. Yes, he's. It's very um, exciting. 
and he lined up for a goal that was it was close to the 50 meter arc, but it was just I mean you would just expect Buddy to slot this straight through. It wasn't yeah, you know, it wasn't straight in front, but it was yes, it was enough. Uh, I would never expect Buddy to miss a goal like this, and he he got he did he he missed it, and there was only two minutes remaining. Heartbreaking. And then there was a couple of rush behinds where the GWS players were able to just tap it through. And then there was one point in it with two minutes to go, uh, whereas Buddy should have kicked that winning goal. And um, I think the heartbreak around the, the Sydney Swans, I think it's a quarter that will hurt mm. supporters, players, coaches for a very long time. Absolutely. Yeah, so a funny little side story is my... Um... My partner's parents, uh, one's GWS and the other is Sydney. So we <laughs> FaceTimed them before the game and they had their Guernseys on and they were ready and then FaceTimed them at the end and uh, needless to say, one had left the room. So, yeah. oh, I think um, but, um, John, John Longmire in his press conference, he, um, yeah, he, he was heartbroken. He's actually what he's got to, what he had to say. Well, we're shattered as a footy club at the moment. It's, we had 20 more inside 50s. Uh, kicked two goals, seven in the last quarter. So uh, it's a uh, gut-wrenching way to finish the season. And be as, you know, I'm just so proud of this footy club, the way we've, we've been able to, right the way through, been able to face the challenges head-on all through this season. And uh, we did it again tonight. We're five goals down and kept coming and coming. And uh, gave ourselves you know, what we thought was every chance to win. John, uh, what was the mood like in the rooms afterwards um they, they look shattered out out the field um moments afterwards what was it like inside the rooms i think it's pretty obvious <laughs> it's pretty you know we're a shattered group players staff everyone that uh, has contributed to uh, what's been incredibly for us as a footy club to be able to do what we're able to do and um you know playing players have been magnificent you know right across the board right across our you know, our reserves as well and kept their chin up all season and and uh and our families so after the um yeah it's just a total like you know total sadness around the club <laughs> and i think he captured that so well, I know, yeah. just oh, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think they'll they'll do some soul searching over the preseason with that one. But uh, the D's and the Lions game, my goodness, I think um, de- the demons look are looking right in form at exactly the right time of year and played their way through to a preliminary final. And if they do win the premiership this year, it'll be the first time in fifty-seven years. Holy moly. Holy moly. Um, <laughs> I have to say I've got a real soft spot for the Ds. My mum was a D supporter and yeah, I'd love to see them get up. I think um, the supporters and the club just deserves a break in the drought. They do. And, I mean, yeah, I love I love that Max Gorn got All-Australian captain um, last week. I think he's perfect for it. And, uh, yeah, I think they're just coming together nicely at the right time. Uh, after a lot of hard work. Absolutely, Ben. Look, um, Clayton Oliver, he collected 33 disposals. He's been just in, I think you said his best season, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I heard the uh, commentator say was Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he'd, he'd almost be in Brownlow contention. Although, I as, so, yeah. Although, as as um, Katie Purvis said, she said the Demons players will all be stealing votes off each other. So, 
they may not they might not get through. But uh, the demons were actually goalless in the third term, which reduced the deficit to nineteen points at three quarter time. But of course, they they were able to hold on quite comfortably in the final quarter, and uh, we'll see them in the preliminary final. Yes, exciting times for the D's. Yes, go D's, I say. And uh, of course, we were excited because the Bombers were in the in the finals. Yeah, uh, which was Moddy was the only chick that represented <laughs> uh, anyone in the finals. The rest of us, none of our teams made finals which was a bit of a strange feeling. But, of course, the Bombers bombed out. I know. It was uh, it was hard to watch. I didn't think I'd be uh, as deflated because I, you know, neither team. But, um, yeah, poor Bombers. Uh, I, I actually expected the Bombers to win. I think they kind of went in as favourites, actually. Yeah. But I think the Bombers do do that. They play exceptional games and then follow them up with really awful games. But... And also probably the wet weather down in Tassie. It just made for the game to be quite sloppy and, mm. you know, it was, yeah, it was just, I hate, I don't like watching wet weather footy actually. It just looks oh, really it can cool. get quite scrappy and I don't know, maybe the boys from our sons from the West are a bit more, you know, hands on in the rain, used to all the wind down at Witten. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, but it's there was only three points in it at half time, so it looked good at that point. But of course, the dogs uh, had sixty minute patch kicking eight goals <laughs> when the bombers did nothing in that time virtually. So uh, yeah, but Jack McRae, Tom Liberatore, they were outstanding. They yep. collected thirty six and thirty five disposals between them. Uh, yeah, and then Cody Waitman, he was he was incredible up forward. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, so, yeah, four major goals, all from free kicks, though. Um, there's been a bit of controversy about that today. Um, I think mainly from Bombers fans, though. Um, just, a, yeah, more more trolling and social media stuff again, which is unfortunate after such a great win for the Doggies. But um, he played outstanding, in my opinion. Yeah, he's. I think he's a, a great 20 years old. Yeah, he's a great new star for the Bulldogs, so he's got a big future ahead of him, I think. But, um, gosh, this weekend we've got – who's playing this weekend, Sasha? Well, you got the Cats and the Giants on the Friday night. So, yeah, and the winner from that game will play Port Adelaide, is that right? That is correct. So they could end up playing the Cats again potentially. And then the Lions and the Bulldogs will meet up on the Saturday. Yep. And they'll yep. end up playing Port. One of them will end up playing Port, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's all coming together. Yeah, gosh. Uh, I think the preliminary finals are often the finals that can be better than the grand finals sometimes. Yes, I agree. Sometimes, yep, you get way more excitement uh, than in the last few grand finals. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, isn't that hard. No. So, wow. So, great weekend of footy. The finals are on. And uh, a, bit of a bit of a theme for us on Chicks Talking Footy is that we've been chatting to the fans 
over the finals because I think the fans are what makes the game. So in a moment, we'll play you our chat with Dave Beckett, Cat's super fan, and, of course, Joy, Joy Royalty. He's uh, part <laughs> of the 6 at 6 club, so he's up at 6 a.m. playing your tunes uh, most weekdays. And um, also you would have heard him as a co-host with our very own Beckdahl on the bench during the summer sports series. You're listening to Chicks Talking Footy on Joy 94.9. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all We are Geelong, we're always on the ball We play the game as it should be played At home or far away Our banners fly high from dawn to dawn Down at Gardenia Beckett is co-host of The Bench on our summer sports program at Joy and also gets up early to do the six at six. You might have heard him if you're awake at that time as well. Uh, but and on the side, he is a Cats super fan. Welcome to Chicks Talking Footy, Dave. Hi, hi Fee. Hi, Sasha. Don't remind me. It is a nervous time <laughs> of the year for a, a Geelong supporter. We don't have very much luck in September anymore. No, well, um, we will ask you about that, but um, just because we've, we're right in the middle of, um, you know, lockdown number 75, um, how, many, how many live sports games have you been to in the last two, two seasons? Oh, I would say less than five. Less than five. I think so. I went to a Melbourne versus GWS game at the MCG. It was my last live sporting event. That might be round... 14, 15, 16, around that mark. Yeah, right. Okay. So less, less than one we can count on one hand. So we're, <laughs> right. we're basically sponsoring our teams, aren't we, at the moment? Um, however, um, the Cats registered their lowest score. You were going to mention that? Yeah. Uh, is this an intervention, is it? Well, look, it, we're not going to treat it as that. But, <laughs> look, the lowest score of the season against Port on the weekend, history repeating... After the club kicked its lowest score of the season the first week of the finals in 2017, 2018 and 2019, why do they do this at finals time, Dave? I don't really know. I think it, it's, it's so consistent now that there must be some reason for it, but I don't know if the answers are as straightforward as what people think it is because I'm sure we would have made some changes by now. I think we play – so Chris Scott plays with, a I think, a particular game plan that – I think holds up in home and away seasons. Like he's got the best record over the past decade, I think for home and away games, winning percentage, but mm. I just, the, the finals comes with extra intensity, extra pressure on the ball user. And I think that's where Geelong fall apart every single year. So I'm not sure why we haven't adapted to, you know, being more prepared for finals. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, it's it's hard to watch at times, and I'm not even a super fan of the Cats. But <laughs> what about Zach Tui? Um, we'll be back next week. What difference will he make, apart from his marvellous moustache? Um, he does have a marvellous moustache, yes. <laughs> um, I think what the Cats are trying to do is trying to replace Tom Stewart, who's obviously injured for the rest of the year, um, trying to get the football back out of the back line. So I think Zach Tui will be a very handy inclusion there to try and get the ball going the other way, which I think we had lots of trouble with um, against Port Adelaide last weekend. 
Well, as a Hawks supporter, I quite enjoy watching Geelong lose. But um, <laughs> but Chris Scott refused to blame the quarantine requirements. So the Cats have been obviously travelling around, avoiding lockdowns and all sorts of things. But do you think? Do you think? It, and you know, I was even thinking. You know, Port's the only team this weekend, last weekend, that played at home and had that home game advantage. Do you think it does have an impact? Oh, I think it definitely, yeah, I think it definitely does. I know that teams are probably accustomed to the current hubs and quarantines over the last two seasons, but I think when you've got one team living at home and doing what they want throughout their city and then you've got a Cats team that is flying out, I think they flew out on the day of the game or maybe the day before, and I think they'll go on within the next morning. And I think they're staying at not the most lavish hotel either, not Nothing against, I think, the Ibis in Adelaide. Nothing against them, but I don't, I don't yeah, know. That's that nasty. Sounds like it's yeah, that's nasty. It doesn't sound like a luxury hotel to me. So I think yeah. it does. It does. They are elite sportsmen, so you can't blame losing a football game on, on where you're staying. But it must come into – it's an advantage to Port Adelaide. Yeah, I think if you're sleeping in your own bed, it's hard mm. to – you know, like we saw that with the Brisbane Lions last year. They, they were pretty much stationed – at home while other teams were travelling around five states trying to play games. Um, but you're going to play GWS this weekend. They scraped through with their win against Sydney. Of course, we've heard the big news today that Toby Green has copped three-week suspension for his uh, contact with an umpire. Do you think uh, that's, you know, going to, you, you know, going to advantage the Cats not having Toby Green play for the GWS? I think 100% because I think most teams struggle to match up against Toby Green. He's really difficult because he's so good at ground level. He's so good one-on-one. He kicks goals. He can push into the midfield when the, the GWS need him. So I was actually thinking about it as GWS were close to winning the game on the weekend, thinking, who have we got to play on Toby Green? And I couldn't figure out like a direct matchup from the Cats to say, I actually back the Cats player in. So I'm, I'm extremely happy that, Toby Green is not the sharpest tool in the shed and uh, he decides to bump into umpires instead. So uh, good riddance to uh, Toby Green. But I think that's a, it's a big advantage for the Cats because most games against the Cats and Giants are very, very tight, like within two or three goals generally. So um, hopefully that helps us out a lot. It's a big, big advantage. And, I mean, I guess also just thinking, even if you say you win, people go, oh, that's because Toby Green wasn't in the team. You'll just have to deflect those ones probably. But... um. Had a question, but it's sort of been answered already. But before you knew the answer, what did you think were the chances that we were even going to have a grand final in Melbourne? Oh, uh, no, nothing at all. Are oh, you not shocked <laughs> by the decision that came no, through today? No, no, yeah. I just think it's I think it's just silly to try and play a grand final with so I think Optus Stadium holds sixty thousand and I think Adelaide Oval holds about forty five. I think if the MCG can't get to somewhere around that mark, I think it's pointless. Yeah. So I know they talked about a grand final with 25,000 people, but that would be visually a disaster for a grand final that we, you know, and if the Cats win, I don't want to be watching that DVD 8,000 times in my lifetime seeing the half-empty MCG. It just looks so silly. So I'm happy that Perth have got it. I think it would be, you know, a sellout. It would be a fantastic event and hopefully the Cats uh, are involved. It is a little strange, though, that there's no WA teams even playing finals, and that's where it's ended up. I suppose at least last year, Brisbane were in the in in, in the grand final, and it was played at the Gabba, which seemed a bit more natural. I I personally 
even though I wasn't shocked at the news that the grand final was going to be played uh, in WA, I was certainly sad about it. Um, you know, last year I watched the grand final on my couch with my non-football supporting partner <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I couldn't even do the traditional stuff like have a champagne with some friends in the morning or anything like that. So how, how do you think you'd spend grand final day if the cats got in? Uh, my partner's the same. He does barracks for Geelong as well, being from Geelong, but he's uh, he's not as active supporter as what I am. So, you know, we had to watch Geelong in the grand final last year together and I think we're prepared to, to do it again. Um, <laughs> eating, eating a lot of sausage rolls and having a few lemonades in the meantime. So I think, you know what, that's what the world is at the moment. So I, don't, I think everybody's used to it, unfortunately, but um, that will be grand final day for me again. Well, you you um did the right thing and didn't start up with a mixed marriage. So, uh, you, yeah, if you can watch with your partner, that's certainly a good thing. I know we talked to Katie Purvis last week, and she um had already planned out her grand final days if Melbourne was playing at the grand final. No, of course, yes. Um, but what's your prediction? Who who are we going to be? Who are you going to be playing? Who who's going to be playing in the grand final? I think Geelong will beat GWS this weekend, but I think that will be our last win for the season. I can't see us beating the Ds. I thought the Ds were really good on the weekend. So I think the Ds will definitely be there in the last Saturday of the AFL season. And if they don't choke, they'll win the premiership, I think, Melbourne. I think if they can just come and play their best footy on the week on the day, they'll beat Port Adelaide or Brisbane or the Bulldogs for sure. Well, we'll wait and find out if your predictions are as they as they seem. But um, good luck for the game this weekend, Dave, and thanks for joining us on Chicks Talking Footy. Thanks, Faye. Thanks, Sasha. Going along with the theme of the Cats, we thought you'd play you a clip from Jeremy Cameron's press conference this week. It seems there might be some trash talking on the field as he fronts his old team, GWS, in a final. Well, Jezza, first up, how many teammates have hit you up? since they, uh, they knocked off the swans? Uh, I had a cheeky message from Stevie J via Instagram and I, uh, I thought that would be coming, actually. And uh, I've spoke to a couple of the other boys, yeah, as well since. So um, clearly they uh, yeah, had a really big game against the swans. It was pretty... We watched that sort of... Yeah, a few of us sat around and watched that and um, it was intense. It was a great game to watch and uh, they come away with the chocolates. What were your initial thoughts the minute that siren sounded that you'd be playing your uh, your old mob for the first time in a final? Yeah, sort of mixed, to be honest. Uh, I Yeah, I clearly missed that one a few weeks ago. I think it was three or four weeks ago um, because I was coming back from a hamstring injury. So, um, no, I'm just excited uh, to be, be to be going back out there. And, and um, yeah, I'm keen for a big performance. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a few words said out on the field, but it's all part of it and it adds to the uh, excitement. Have you got any sledges ready, Jez, for a couple of the old boys? Uh, I've got plenty in the memory bank, yeah, but I don't know if I'll use too many. Uh, but, yeah, no, nah, it's it's going to be part of it, like I mentioned. It's it's going to be good fun. Uh, they'll be wanting to come out firing uh, like they have. Over, they've had a really good month of footy uh, in, the, in recent time and, yeah, it's going to be a really good game. So looking forward to getting out there on Friday night and uh, having a good showing against them. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.